You're listening to episode 167 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. If you are in the United States, it's the day after the elections. At the time I'm recording this intro, we have no clue who's going to win. But regardless if you woke up happy or sad this morning, I figured you could use a little break from politics and go within. Because let's be real, at the end of the day, we have to be happy with ourselves. If everything is going right in the world, but it feels like everything within your personal world is going wrong, there's a disconnect. The mission of the show is to not only share these amazing conversations with world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers, but it's to help you obtain life mastery. I define this as growth and mastery in four key areas, your emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and physical health. Physical health is a big one on the regular, but we know that this time of year, as we head into the holidays, there becomes a bigger emphasis on our health. Lucky for you, we're not talking yo-yo diets and fads on this show. We're talking nutrition today. And this week's guest is nutrition coach, Kate Lyman. Being in the fitness industry for almost a decade now, Kate combines her research and educational background with her fitness and nutrition experience to help individuals lose body fat, increase lean mass, and improve performance and overall health through evidence-based methods. Kate has built a successful nutritional coaching business that has just celebrated five years recently, and Kate and her growing team have helped hundreds of people change their bodies and eating habits, as well as breaking the myths around dieting and a healthy lifestyle. I learned so many things in this conversation. I'm sure some of them are really basic, but hey, you don't know what you don't know, right? So if you learned a little something today while you're listening, screenshot that you're listening, share it on Instagram stories or similar, tag me in it at MindBizLife and let me know what resonated. Before I introduce you to Kate, I wanted to drop a reminder that when you head over to spiritually-seeking.com, you can score 20% off a numerology report, card readings, and even life guidance sessions by using the code MINDBIZLIFE at checkout. This is a perfect time to gain some spiritual clarity before we wrap up 2020 and head into the new year. Are you ready to meet Kate? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have so many questions lined up, but I just want to start with the one that piques my interest the most because as soon as I saw it, I was like, what is that? So what is flexible nutrition? So flexible nutrition is like also kind of... (laughs) a a flexible definition, I would say, Um, this is the approach I use with my nutrition clients. And so flexible nutrition, not only refers to like the idea of tracking your macros, if you, if you're familiar with that at all. Um, So, so it's kind of the process of tracking your macronutrients to make sure that your intake matches whatever specific goal you have. So maybe that's fat loss and aesthetic goal. Uh, Maybe it's performance in the gym or just having more energy. Maybe it's just optimal health. Um, And so this refers to flexibility, not only in our food choices, like in what we can eat in order to, um, you know, fuel ourselves well and being flexible in both, you know, feeling ourselves with good 
whole foods, like unprocessed nutrient dense foods, but also having a cookie when we want it or having a drink when we want it or be able to go out to dinner with friends and order what we want. Um, It's not just flexibility in food choices, but it also refers to flexibility um, in our approach overall to our nutrition. So like having this arsenal of tools and skills and habits to be able to handle whatever life throws at us, because chances are, we're not always, um, you know, in a situation where we have full control of our food or like we've meal prepped for the week or anything like that. Like we travel, we visit family, we go out with friends. Um, and so we need to be able to be flexible with our food choices, but also, um, when navigating scenarios like that. Interesting. So I love to know, and thank you for such a great definition, because that's one that I can wrap my brain around without Mm -hmm. being like, okay, that's too much, but I really like how it just feels like it's catered to you and a lifestyle that works for you. So I'm interested to know a little bit more about your journey and what led you to becoming a coach and, you know, nerding out in nutrition and making this your jam. Yeah, this is my jam for sure. And and I love how much I love what I do um, because, you know, it makes it uh, easier to work the long hours and have that never ending yeah. to-do list. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't think I would be a nutrition coach, which, you know, probably most people in their profession can be like, I did not know I would be here. Right. Um, I always thought I was going to go in the medical field. And so I went to school uh, studying exercise science, like with this intention of, you know, applying to physician's assistant school and, mm-hmm. Um, I took some nutrition courses along the, along the way. And I was also at the same time since high school, I'd been a trainer in a CrossFit gym. So I was implementing some of this nutrition information in like little seminars at the gym um, and just conversations with clients and halfway through my PA school applications, I kind of shifted gears and thought, you know, like, I don't know if I want to be a medical professional anymore. I kind of feel like I want to work in prevention and like helping people, you know, live healthier lives. So we don't get to this point where they need a prescription or whatever that may look like. So, um, I'm halfway through applications and I shifted gears and applied for a master's of public health program. And I went through grad school. It was awesome. This program was fantastic. Um, and I kind of tailored my studies to behavioral health and a little bit of nutrition education, which was great and really fun. Um, and did a lot of research and and I really loved it. And at the same time, I started taking paying clients uh, for nutrition coaching. I was still working at the gym at this time. And so most of these clients were also clients from the gym Um, and, you know, like registered a business, got a website, blah, blah, blah. But the whole time thinking, this is just a side gig. Like I want to be a professor now. That's what I decided. I was going to be a professor. So, um, you know, I, I finished grad school and I applied to a PhD. And I was like, you know, like the best way to work in prevention is research. So I'm going to go into a research program. And I did, I, um, uh, I was in a program for social and behavioral science in public health with a focus on nutrition, education and research, um, and still had this, you know, side gig that I was like, that's not a real job. Um, but I really like it. (laughs) And I, I got to this point one semester into my PhD program where I was like, wow, I am really tired of school. Um, Mm. (laughs) and you know, I'm someone who loves school and I think I needed a break and it was, um, time to make a decision between, you know, uh, like getting rid of this business I loved and just going to school and research, doing research full time or the opposite and leaving school. And that's what I did. 
Um, and I was like, okay, like, let's see if we can do this thing full time. And that was about three years ago. So obviously it worked Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've been able to do this full time. So that's like the, the educational portion, but, um, at the same time, nutrition for me has been like such a journey. And I, um, this is like, this is like not a novel idea to people, but I grew up like, like over dieting, right? Like mm. starting in high school, like trying you know, keto and then paleo. And then, uh, you know, like, gosh, what else was there? Like, you know, who, whoever's whatever diet at Kansas, you know, whatever yeah, it was. Can, yeah. Uh, yeah like, <laughs> I've done it all. And at the same time as a vegetarian. So oh, wow. I grew up yeah. like with this chronic dieting and even in college, as I was like in undergrad and literally learning about nutrition, I was like doing this chronic diet, you know, like this yo-yo dieting thing. Mm. And I like, felt like I wasn't seeing my hard work in the gym pay off. Cause I was like kind of into CrossFit at that time. Um, and I was a trainer and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't look like I could be a trainer. You know, um, I was really hard on myself and, um, it was hiring my own nutrition coach that really kind of put me in my place, introduced me to this idea of tracking macros and this idea of flexible nutrition. Um, although it wasn't like coined the same way, but it was this idea that I could have balance in my nutrition and work towards specific goals, like without the restriction, without starving, without not eating all week. And then like going ham mm. on the weekend, you know, cause I was in that cycle. So, um, it was something that personally helped me a lot. And I feel like that's been really helpful as I've worked with clients to be able to, um, really know where they're coming from, you know, like yeah. not only having this knowledge of how to help them uh, navigate certain situations or navigate their nutrition, but also this empathy saying like, I, I, I know where you're coming from. Like, I know it's so hard and I'm so sorry. Cause I've been there. Yeah. And that's huge too, because that, that in itself just builds, I think a layer of trust as well right. of like, it, it's vulnerability on your part too, of like, I've been there. And I think a lot of times when it comes to these like yo-yo diets, it's always a, like a this or that it's never this and that, or right. there's not a lot of grace and right. what you can have. I remember my dad did the Atkins diet. Like when I was, I think I was in high school and he lost a lot of weight until he started eating the things that he used to eat again. And then it was like, it all came back. Right. Yeah. So it was like, I just remember, I was like, man, you just like tormented yourself because he didn't yeah. enjoy doing it. It, right. wasn't, it right. was not like, yeah, I'm going to do this diet today. And I'm pumped yeah. about it. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah, Like, this is fun. No, it's, yeah. it's like miserable. Right. Yeah. Like he was, he was not eating the things that he enjoyed eating. And to him, you know, like that's, that's not fun. I mean, to me, I, I enjoy eating. So if you could tell right. me like, you can't have this, I'm probably going to want it more. Right. You know? Exactly. So, and that's like, just kind of how our brains work. Exactly. But I'm a little curious because you keep talking about micro macros and I'm just like macros. What? Okay. Huh? So school me, school yeah. me on macros. What are they? How do we track them? And why is that important? Okay. So macros is short for macronutrients and all, all of our food is made up of one of three macronutrients or a combination of protein, fat, and carbs. So like we're looking at a nutrition label on a box of whatever you're eating. Um, and you know, we see that carbohydrates, protein, uh, and fat on that nutrition label. So Every food that we eat is made up of these macronutrients. It could okay. be like a steak that is both protein and fat, you know, right. or it could be grapes, which are just carbohydrates, or it could be a cookie that probably has a little bit of all three, um, but maybe higher in the fat and the carbohydrates. So this, these are like the building blocks of 
our foods that we eat. And, um, you know, and it sounds a little more intimidating than it is, but the, the idea of tracking your macronutrients is understanding how much protein your body needs, how much fat your body needs, how many carbs your body needs um, in order to work towards the specific goals that you are working towards. So, you know, for a lot of my clients, I'd say about half of my clients, they have fat loss goals. They're trying to lean out. They're trying to lose body fat. Um, and then I have a, a big portion of other clients who are uh, performance clients and they're trying to get stronger and, um, you know, get faster, get stronger, train better, recover better for whatever their sport is or whatever their competitive, um, sport is. So, uh, you know, and the, the amount that someone needs to eat to be a competitive weightlifter is different than someone who needs to lose weight. Um, you know, so, and, and that's also different depending on your age and your weight and your height and, and your dieting history and all these different Mm -hmm. factors. So really what it allows us to do, um, is, you know, take all of these factors into consideration and find out how, the, the prescribed macros that someone should be eating protein, fat, and carbs in order to hit their specific goals. Um, and so we do this through tracking our food, like in my fitness pal or a similar app like that. And I know it sounds like a lot because it kind of is at first, like you're not used to tracking the foods you're eating, right? It's a new right. skill that we build, but really the goal is that it's not like this long-term thing forever. Um, it really allows us to build awareness of our food choices and it teaches us about more about like what we eat and how those food choices affect us. So, mm. um, you know, there, there's a lot of fear mongering in the diet world, like carbs are bad, right? Mm. But we can go into tracking our macronutrients and tracking our food and understand, okay, broccoli's, broccoli is a carb. So how could this be bad? Right. right? Um, candy is also a carb. It's not bad, but maybe I should eat more broccoli carbs than candy carbs, right? Right. It allows us this better understanding of what's really in our food. Um, and there's, you know, for people who are really new at this, there's really uh, these like kind of mind blowing moments where like we've been told that protein, sorry, that peanut butter is a protein. But once you start tracking your peanut butter, you realize it's like 80% fat. And there's like, yeah, a few grams of protein in there. Oh, well, you just blew my mind. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Um, So yeah, so it really allows us to understand more of what our food is Mm -hmm. so that we can make more informed choices. Um, And and really what we're trying to do is like peel back that idea that foods are good and bad and understand that every food... Uh, you know, has different macronutrients and those can all work together in a different way. And we can, again, back to the flexible nutrition, we can make flexible decisions so we can still have peanut butter, but maybe we need to understand that our protein needs to come from somewhere else because peanut butter actually isn't a good source of protein, Um, you know, so yeah, (laughs) there we go. It helps us inform um, our food decisions in a way that really sets us up for long-term success because we don't need to track forever. Um, you know, we take these habits and this understanding of food and we, we carry it with us in the future so that when we're navigating food choices, we feel more comfortable and knowledgeable about, uh, you know, what those choices are and how they help us or hurt us. That makes so much sense to me. And I think that <laughs> there's so much that actually makes sense because one, I really like that it's catered to the person because there's so many times that you could get on and you can just type in like, how to lose 10 pounds. Well, how to lose 10 pounds for a 55 year old woman is going to be very different than a 20 year old woman. Right. Like, 
we, we just know at that point, like our hormones are different. Our bodies are different. Our, we may have different thyroid problems. You know, you could say eat eggs every morning. Well, I'm allergic to eggs. So then what, you know, like there's just so many different factors that come into play, but also I like that you like to know their background of what they've already tried as well of just like, I feel like that gives a good foundation, but is part of tracking, I would say part of just being really mindful. Like, is that just like a huge piece of being mindful to what you're consuming as well? Um, I think it should be. And I think we can approach it either way. You can be like robotic and you need to like weigh and track your food without thinking about how it makes you feel and just trying to like think about the numbers. Um, and that's like what I don't want, you know, that's what I, exactly what I don't want for my clients. And that can be, um, it can, can become obsessive and then it's just another diet that feels restrictive. Right. But if we can, if we can be mindful about our food choices while also aligning that with making sure our body gets what it needs, then we're able to really understand like how to listen to our bodies better, how to be more mindful, but how to still balance that with you know, feeling well. Um, and, and so I think it can be either way. And obviously I, I prefer the latter way for my clients, not something we're working on. Like they work with me for a few months. And my goal is like, like, you don't need a nutrition coach forever. Like, you know, your stuff, like go Mm. off, spread your wings, fly, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's good to know too, because like it, it is when everything is very new and I always like go back to, you know, like a child, like you have to hold their hand when they're crossing the street, right? You have to remind them to look both ways when they're crossing the street. But then there gets to this point where the, you just know it becomes part of your habit. It becomes part of your routine, but it, that is practiced and it's, it comes through like repetition. So this is the same thing. It's practice. Right. And once you get to a certain point, it's just that inner knowing of, mm-hmm. I know myself, I know my body, I know how to work nutrition for me. It sounds like. Right. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And we were talking about meal planning. And so I know, so me as a busy mom, sometimes I am that guilty person who will choose convenience and quickness over a meal that has a lengthier prep time. And sometimes that's like, all right, we're just going to order a pizza tonight because I don't know what to do. Or it's just like, I'm exhausted. But I know that when I plan out my meals, even if it's just a rough idea, I'm more committed to cooking dinner that week or just not feeling so overwhelmed. So how do you see meal planning or even prepping coming into a benefit with nutrition? Oh gosh, I think it can be really helpful. And I don't mean like the, I have all my meals prepped into Tupperware type of way, because yes. to me, that's like way too much. It's like overkill. <laughs> oh, I will thank never you for do saying that. <laughs> I will, I will make all of the meals and then I will never touch one of them. You yes. know, I'll be like, yes. that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, sitting all at week. the same time, like, I feel like my doctor clients or like my night shift nurse clients, like they need that and they enjoy it. So like, mm. again, flexibility, it needs to be right. what works for you. Right. But if you are, um, a busy entrepreneur working from home with kids also at home right now, because you're doing the homeschool virtual learning, like that doesn't necessarily make sense. And I feel like we, we need to get rid of this idea that like, you have to have everything planned and like your dinner is planned for the week. Um, and really just shift from like this idea of like rigid Tupperware meals to just putting a little emphasis on, on thinking ahead. So we're not putting ourselves in situations where we're like exhausted, stressed, and have to make last minute decisions, like you said. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think that that this is kind of where tracking can come in handy, like tracking your macros can come in handy because we know, okay, we need protein. Um, you know, we need a vegetable and we need like a good carb source and a fat source to make a well-rounded meal. So I'm a really big proponent of this idea of batch prepping ahead of time. Mm. So instead of like this little, you know, individual Tupperware type deal, like prepare a bunch of proteins ahead of time. Maybe you grilled chicken for the beginning of the week or you crock pot shredded chicken or, you know, whatever that looks like a pork tenderloin, shrimp, fish, like whatever that is for you. Um, and you have that like in a big Tupperware in the kitchen or in the fridge. And you also have some pre-made rice or beans or roasted potatoes or sweet potatoes or pasta salad or whatever that looks like for you, for your carbs. And you know that you have, um, you know, avocado or nuts or dressings or, um, peanut butter, whatever that may look like <laughs> for your fat. So you, when it comes time to make a meal, like you have all the components, there ready to be thrown together. Mm. Um, instead of having to say like, look, I need to like make up this whole recipe with like 20 million different ingredients, yeah. you know, like you have the puzzle pieces together to throw together a meal, um, that you want, you know? And for me, like, I don't have kids yet. And, and but like one day, you know, that will happen, but like, I am really busy. I work all the time. My husband also works all the time. So we do this batch prep routine. And, um, you know, when it comes to dinner time, we're kind of thinking like, what bowl of food can I throw together? Like yeah. is tonight like a fajita bowl? Okay. I'm going to do like frozen fajita veggies and the rice and beans I've already made and the chicken I already have, or the ground Turkey I already have or whatever, throw it together, throw some salsa and sour cream on top, avocado, bam, we're done. Boom. You know, like maybe I have pasta and I have uh, that same ground turkey and some marinara sauce and ricotta. And now it's like a pasta bowl. Right. Um, or we have the chicken we've already made or tofu we've already made or shrimp or something like that. And now I'm going to throw that in a pan with veggies and some teriyaki sauce over the rice I already have. And now it's stir fry. Oh. You know, nothing's like this novel idea and nothing's a recipe that has to be followed precisely. It's just taking these building blocks we've already prepared um, and throw them together to whatever sounds good at that moment. Because like you said, if it's miserable, if we hate the food we're eating, it's not sustainable. And that's never going to be um, sustainable if we hate it. You know? Yes. Yeah. And I know that those container meals work for so many people. I like see them all over my Instagram, like right. oh, I just got my meal prep, but I'm also one of those people that I can't imagine eating the same exact thing five days straight exactly. for lunch. Like I, I'll be like, all right, I'll just skip lunch today, folks. Y'all have right. a good one with your chicken <laughs> yeah. rice and same thing that you've eaten every other day. So I like that flexibility of just, I have all these ingredients. Now I can make them into what I want and, and spice it up. It's always some, you can do it differently with yeah. having the same things available to you. Absolutely. And I'm also like a really big proponent of like frozen meals or uh, canned veggies, or like whatever you need to do to make this easier. Um, we're not trying to like be five-star chefs here. Mm. I, I mean, maybe some people are, I'm not, I've got too much to do. You know, right. <laughs> I want food that tastes good, but is really minimal um, effort. And it's this planning ahead that really can allow us to just bring more structure into our diets. And in the end, spend less time thinking about what we're eating. Like the, the whole idea is to save time, right? So a little work up front can save a lot of time in the end. And this message I'm always trying to share with my clients is like, look, we have so much stress all the time, work, yeah. kids, marriage, family, whatever life, uh, 2020, yeah, 2020 <laughs> like, we have so much stress. Why would we make food 
also stressful. Like mm. instead we could just put a little work up front and make this a source of stress relief rather than just another stressor on our plate. Cause like, that's the last thing we need, you know? Yeah. And then not to even mention, like, I'm one of those people that gets hangry, you know, yeah. like I, yep. yeah, I'm like the worst person to be around. And I am that person that can go from, I am sweet as can be to hanger mode in like 2.5. <laughs> so I feel like having that readily available then like, you know, you can just boom, heat it up very quick alternative. Then you're not stomping around your kitchen, like all aggressive, like oh, feed me. I need it right. now while you're waiting for dinner and then snacking while you're eating dinner. Cause you're so hungry. And then by the time dinner is ready, you've snacked all of your hunger away. You're like, okay, I'm not so hungry anymore. You know? Right. Just, oh, I totally get that. <laughs> yes. It's just like this repetitive cycle that it feels like meal planning and even prepping can just kind of take some of that away from it. Absolutely. Well, we're also walking into the holiday season. And I feel like a lot of people don't give themselves a lot of grace when it comes to this. So Thanksgiving's coming up and it's like, oh, I got to maintain, you know, my diet through this. And of course, like with Christmas and all of the holidays, we're just surrounded by sweets. So with all of this too, a lot of people right now may be listening are like, all right, well, I'm just going to wait till January to make my change. But you and I know that we don't need a new year or a new month or even a new day to initiate change. But what are some good first steps for someone who wants to make change in their lifestyle, but they just don't really know where to start or how to begin? Um, I, I think so. Actually, I have a bunch of coaches that work with me now. So like, um, you know, I started doing my business, Caitlin Nutrition full time, and I ended up hiring on coaches. And so yesterday we had one of our monthly coaches meetings and we talked about, you know, the holidays are coming. This is a time where we have to be extra present for our clients because it is hard or can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what messaging do we want to share with non-clients that, you know, that can be helpful. And um, regardless of the the season, I think my main message is always that, um, you know, w- we can't expect perfection in our diet, but that's okay. Cause that's never the goal. Like mm. we, we are never trying to be perfect um, because something will always come up. There will always be a holiday or a family party or a vacation or a work lunch or cocktail hour, whatever, you know, something will always come up. So all we can do is focus on consistency over perfection. And uh, my, my favorite little um, analogy to share, and you might've heard it before. I think it's like accredited to Jillian Michaels or someone similar, but um, you know, if you are driving down the road and you get a flat tire, um, what do you do? Do you like pull over to the side of the road, fix your flat, like put on the spare and get on your way? Or do you pull over to the side of the road, get pissed that you got a flat tire and then destroy the other three tires, like slash them. Right. Um, you know, we probably aren't going to go slash the other three tires. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. So why do we approach our diet the same exact way? Why do we say like, I already messed up. I had a cookie. So F it, let me have 40 cookies Mm. or like, screw it. The weekend is like a free for all. I'll start over Monday. Like, why do we do the same approach um, when that doesn't make sense either? Right. So I think if we can just focus, you know, like focus our energy on trying to be consistent over the holidays, um, leaning in on good habits. Like, am I staying hydrated? Like, do I keep my water bottle with me all day and try to, you know, get my water intake in? Am I getting some form of movement in a day. Maybe I don't make it to the gym because I'm extra busy, but can I take the dog on a walk? Um, you know, can I park farther away at the grocery store and walk around a little extra when I'm running errands? Um, 
am I getting some form of protein with most of my meals? You know, am I eating like protein and veggies before I go for the desserts or the higher calorie sides? Like, can I focus on these habits and focus on practicing them consistently over this idea that I have to be perfect or else nothing matters? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is, is a complete game changer to how we handle the holidays. It means that we can, you know, flow through this holiday season while really enjoying our time with family and friends and celebrating um, versus being like, I give up, I'll start over in January and chances are you're going to feel really bad in January. And then something else is going to come up because we still have holidays and and events (laughs) and life, you know, Um, we're not teaching ourselves anything. Oh, I, that is such a a great memo. And I feel like, you know, so many times, like we just don't give ourselves enough grace when it comes to that. Like I just, I remember when I was trying to, to, you know, like shed a couple pounds. And I remember we were at, um, I think it was like a work function. And I remember distinctly, like there were cookies and I kept telling myself, I was like, no cookies, no cookies, no cookies. And then I like caved. Right. And I'm like, I'll have one cookie. And then like, I don't know why, but that entire day I mentally beat myself up for having that cookie. Whereas now I look back and I'm like, girl, you could have just walked into that day saying, all right, you're going to have one cookie and you're good. Allowing yourself to have it without saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Cause again, then it makes me want it even more. And then just be like, okay, cool. You had a cookie. Now continue on with your day and just giving yourself the grace to have the damn cookie. You know? Absolutely. Like, well, like, I love that. Have the cookie. Right. Cause the more that we tell ourselves we can't have something, the more tempting it's going to become. Mm. And if we're demonizing a cookie, like how will it ever feel okay to enjoy one? You know, yeah. it's always going to feel like something bad, something that brings guilt or shame, which is just not the goal ever with any food. And also, um, like I mentioned before, like unsustainable, like how can you ever um, you know, stick to something that is restrictive and also makes you feel bad about yourself when you, when you go get off track or go off the rails, even a little bit. Right. Right. And you hadn't mentioned that we're, we're talked about like good food and bad food. Where does this come from? Like, I hear it all the time. Like that, like it is, it's candy, right? Like you had said like, Oh, candy, you know, has this in it too, but peanut butter may be a better choice. So where, where does this like context even come from that there's good food and bad food? I, I don't, I think it's been drilled into us since we could learn to read or hear or speak or anything, because think about, um, think about walking down the supermarket aisle and seeing, uh, skinny thins or guilt-free cookies Mm. as they're lower sugar or, um, you know, something called like chubby something, you know, like it's the messaging that we've been given, Mm. um, that because like this one food is lower in fat, it can be guilt-free, um, or because something's packaged, it's bad, or because something has chocolate in it, it's bad. Um, or something because something has sugar in it, it's bad. Like it's the messaging that, uh, I think the food industry is pushing for sure. Um, and you can only hear these messages repeated so much before you believe it as well. Um, and then we think about diets, like diets that are restrictive are generally saying these foods are good, eat them. These foods are bad. Like don't eat them, you know, like restrain yourself because if you eat these foods, 
you will not lose the weight you want to weight you want to lose or you will get fat you know um, I think it's the messaging that is so pervasive in every aspect of the world we live in yeah yeah and that's just like something to just pay attention to as well like I I know I'm guilty of it too like when you're looking at labels too it's really simple to get just pay attention to like fat free you know, non-fat mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh, okay. Was there really a difference? I don't know. Like, you know, right. but it's like, I, I don't know if I was ever like properly taught to even look at when I'm shopping for something to like, look at the nutrition that's in it. That's not something that you're taught in school. I don't remember, you know, having a whole class. I mean, we did have a health class, but it wasn't like, let's go, let's pretend we're walking down, you know, feeding your family. Like right. here's how you should build your plate. It just wasn't part of what we're taught in school. So the fact that like, we then have to learn this as adults is bananas to me. Yeah. And we're having to like reframe so many learned messages at such a late stage. Um, and you know, like I talked about, I was just this chronic yo-yo dieter and this was totally the case for me. And it was like carbs, like bread. It was like, bread is so bad. That was my understanding. Um, and it was probably came from this paleo mindset, you know, like bread is so bad for you. And so when I went to binge, guess what it was? Mm. It was bread. And like how unfun. It wasn't even like a cookie or cake. It was like, (laughs) I'm talking like a loaf of bread. (laughs) First off, that's sad. You know, that's sad that like that was my, um, like my instinct was like to binge on a loaf of bread because I I felt like it was such a, um, such a bad thing or such like an uh, an untouchable. Mm. Um, And, you know, there's just so much there's so much freedom in learning that, um, you know, we can enjoy these foods that we may have deemed bad in the past. Um, and there will really be no ill effects if they're, if we're filling a majority of our day with really good, you know, nutrient dense whole foods. Um, I like to do like, if I teach like a corporate nutrition, uh, seminar, or sometimes like any type of like, uh, guest talk, I will, do comparison showing like a donut, like a Krispy Kreme donut and an avocado toast and saying like, Hey, what's, what's the good food here? Um, you know, and it's overwhelmingly the avocado toast. And when I show the macronutrient breakdown, we can see the avocado toast is higher in fat, higher in overall calories. Um, and I think about the same in carbs as the donut. So nutritionally calorie wise, they're about the same. I think the avocado toast is a little higher. Um, but you know, the, the avocado toast has some really good nutrients in it. Right. You know, the fats are healthier fats and it has a little more fiber, but one isn't like, just because this is healthier, doesn't mean you can eat it in unlimited quantities. And mm. that's where we kind of back ourselves into a hole thinking like, I eat so clean. Like, why can't I lose weight? Because calories still matter. Right. Um, and just because this is healthier, doesn't mean we could eat it all we want. And just because this donut is you know, it has fewer nutrients in it is less healthy. Technically doesn't mean that one donut is going to like ruin our lives. Okay. So you just said something that just resonated to, because it, that whole, just because it's healthy, you can eat as much as you want. That I think just debunks a lot of myths in itself, that whole statement, because I can't even tell you, okay, I can. So my kids, when they were in uh, like preschool, they could have as many seconds of vegetables and fruits as they wanted. So you could fill up your plate three or four times of mm-hmm. as many vegetables as you want, right? So, but that just, you're right. If you're eating a lot of calories, then you're counterproductive 
of your goal. So it's like, yeah, you eat all of that broccoli that you want all day, but if you've gone over your excessive goal of calories or whatever is contributing to it, then you've just gone backwards. So I see how it's like, yeah, this looks good. And you, you may be conditioned to think like eat as much of it. It's healthy for you, but that's not always the case. Right. And, you know, it's probably harder to overeat broccoli because of the, <laughs> the food that it is. But yeah. if we're, you know, there are foods like that, say it's, um, you know, some reduced fat bar or something, you know, it, you may think it's healthier and you may think that you can eat more of it because of that, but it's probably still dense in calories. Granola, actually granola is a really good example. Like granola is like one of the sneaky highest calories food, foods or really? like a handful of nuts because they're, they're basically just fat. Like Nuts have healthy fats. That's a fact. Nuts have some good nutrients in them. Yes. But can we eat handfuls and handfuls of nuts without consequence? No, because they're crazy high in calories. It's not bad. It's just about balance and, and, you know, using that flexibility to make sure we're also getting, um, other foods, you know, and like, and it's, it's that, that eye opening part of tracking your macros I've talked about where you like log your quarter cup of almonds and you're like, Whoa, 20 grams of fat. I didn't know that. How many quarter cups am I eating a day? Yeah. You know, when I want a healthy snack and I go grab a handful of almonds again, not bad, but could you fill your day with other foods? Yes. Right. And then of course, like sometimes you, you grab a handful of almonds and you eat them and you're like, Ooh, I need another handful of almonds. Exactly. (laughs) And so just because they're healthy doesn't mean they can be consumed in unlimited quantities. Oh my goodness. That makes so much sense. So much sense. Okay. I know you have so much more to offer our audience. Will you tell us where they can go to connect with you further? Yeah, absolutely. I love to hang out on Instagram. Um, I, I love answering questions there. I try to put out as much uh, educational nutrition content as possible. So you can find me at KL nutrition. Um, and then my, my website is katelimannutrition.com. I offer very highly individualized nutrition coaching for anyone working towards those aesthetic or performance or overall health goals. Um, and you can learn more about that over on my website. And if you head to the website, you can also go to the resources page and I have quite a few free resources there. And one um, that kind of goes along with what we're talking about today is an, a meal prep cookbook called Everyday Macros. And I talked about this idea of batch prepping and this follows this idea of batch prepping exactly. So basically, um, you know, you can spend one to two hours in the kitchen creating all of these uh, these various like chicken and, and pre-cooked veggies and rice and all these things. And it shows you how to make about 20 plus meals with just the foods you've batch prepped for that, from that day. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's, it's great. It's basically how I live my life. And so oh my we, gosh, that sounds amazing. It, yeah. We just put like what we do, me and one of my other coaches, we just basically put what we do into a cookbook and made it really streamlined. There's like a meal planner in there. So if you are a planner, you can like use the calendar to plan out your meals. There's a grocery list. There's all the good stuff. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that you simplified it because I'm one of those people where I open up my pantry. I'm like, I just see ingredients. I don't see yeah. food. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How do I Very put this easy. together? Yes. I love it. I love it. Kate, you have schooled me on nutrition and you brought the best vibes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we had this chat. I loved all of the wisdom that Kate dropped. I scored her free meal prep cookbook that she mentioned. And oh my gosh, you guys, 
so good. You've got to check it out for yourself. I've linked Kate's website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend and leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'm back on Friday with another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.